Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. They understand it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button. Get mortgage. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. All right, so, Mavi, did you take Reyes over uh, Weidman in that uh, final fight of the night? Or did you go the other way? Because you got all the other fights. Because I thought that, you know, a new Weidman would try to use the wrestling because obviously that's his go-to and his chin hasn't been the same these last couple of fights. The last couple of years, the last, like, I think he's lost four out of five or three out of four, something like that, and dropped in all of them. So I knew that he would try to take it down. It was just as brave can keep it on the feet and not. Or not, and he did. He got taken down, got back up, fought off another takedown attempt, and then caught him and dropped him. So I took him. Well, so you uh, hit just about every fight tonight, didn't all you? All three that we picked. All right, that's awesome. Hardy, Rodriguez, and Reyes. And then uh, who did you like? And uh, did you uh, like Ohio State and lay the 28? Or were you one of these? I think Carver High took the points. You and me took Ohio State to cover. Carver High took Northwestern. All right. There you go. And then uh, there's one more game going on right now. And that's the uh, Fresno-UNLV game that uh, Fresno, every time I looked, they were leading. uh, But it was a game. It wasn't like the worst game I've ever seen. I think that one's on CBS Sports Network. It's 28-17 Fresno at the half, so they'll finish them off, and that'll be that. And uh, you can call now, 855-212-4227, about any college football game or pro football game for Saturday or Sunday. We want to hear from you. What are you waiting for? Pick it up, dial and dance. Talk about the games. Talk about game six of the ALCS tomorrow night in Houston. Of course, you know the Nationals are in the World Series already. They're just lying in the weeds. Tuesday it starts. The Yankees won tonight 4-1 to one at the Boogie Down, baseball's home office. Hicks and LeMahieu with home runs in the first inning off Verlander. They beat them 4-1. So now tomorrow night, a bullpen matchup. They're literally going with both bullpens. Hinch has already said he's saving Cole for um, Sunday. If there is a Sunday, the Yankees have to win. There's no tomorrows. They got a tomorrow for tomorrow, but there's no tomorrows after tomorrow unless they win. But they did get a tomorrow. The availability was there, and they took it. I was just saying, Carver High, it must be nice, Ryan Day, to have your first uh, job in college football be Ohio State. Yeah, really nice. With that factory they got there of, of talent. No question. Uh, to have that at your disposal in your first job makes things a lot easier on you. There's no doubt about that. You look at him and what Lincoln Riley did taking over for Stoops. It's unbelievable. Right? Both of those guys, young guys, walked into really good situations. But let's just wait. I want to wait till we get to the end of the year before we throw all the bouquets at uh, day. I want to wait till we. I want to see him, you know, beat Penn State, beat Michigan. Wait, Win the Big Ten, 
go to the playoff, win a game there. Like all these things that I was told he's going to do this year, I want to see him do all of them before I throw. You all have the to admit case. though that they look really good. That's seven straight games over thirty points. They put fifty-two on Northwestern tonight at Ryan Field in Chicago. That was humiliating. Next week's going to be the first big test for me, Wisconsin. We'll see what they can do against them. And the game's in Columbus. Still, Wisconsin is a bad team right now. That defense is knocking people down. Taylor's just running through anybody. If they can do what they've been doing to everybody else to that team or somewhat close to it, then I'll be fully impressed. Then I'll put them as legit contenders. Do you see our boy uh, Teddy Atlas? Is uh, He's the trainer for one of these guys tonight in this uh, championship fight on ESPN right now. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce these guys' names. Biderbiev and uh, Gvadzik, a Russian and a Ukrainian. And the, I know that uh, Biderbiev uh, or Baterbiev is uh, – he's the violent puncher, and, and Gvadzik is taller and uh, the better fighter. They fought before as amateurs, but this is for a unification title belt. Uh, they're they're trying to merge the two belts, and and this is so far, you know, they're in the seventh round. It's been pretty good, pretty violent, a lot of body work and a lot of headshots. So I love this. I got to tell you, I think it's great that they have uh, fights on tonight, a big, you know, a championship, world championship fight, and also on the deuce that they would have that ESPN uh, two card of UFC in Boston. Mavi, I am telling you. If they would do that more, instead of these expensive pay-per-views that people don't want to pay for, I think that sport would grow even further. Because don't tell me that they can't sell out those spots on ESPN2 and make a ton of money. Because all they want to do is sell pay-per-views. That's all they care about. They don't. I don't believe for one minute they care about uh, being on free cable. I think they care about being on ESPN and then on ESPN+. Plus and then... You know, the ESPN plus pay-per-view, that's what they want, the pay-per-view dollars. But I think actually the reverse. I think that if they got on ESPN 2 more, like if they had more of these Friday and Saturday cards on free cable that people could actually watch and not have to pay 75 bucks for, I think the sport would grow even bigger. Well, listen, the thing, too, is now that the pay-per-view model is different for them. It's not them bringing in all this money. ESPN is distributing all the pay-per-views. So it's, they got a partnership. It's not the same with the fighters getting you know a piece of the pie for pay-per-view buys and things like that. The big thing for them is that huge deal that they struck with ESPN and Disney to carry all the stuff. So you have all these cards. The problem is you get a great one like that with a couple of fights where it works out. But some of these other ones, whether it be you know in different countries, like next week they're in Singapore. So the card is like 8 a.m. on Saturday is the main, main card. No one's going to be watching that on ESPN+. Plus. But all these cards on ESPN+, Plus, I know they're trying to bump up that platform. But I agree with you. More of them need to be on this. Don't do as many. Have your contender series, have your other things on there, on the ESPN Plus, and maybe a fight card here or there. But scale it back a little bit so you could have good cards on ESPN and ESPN2 and draw more people in. I agree with you 100% on that. The problem is they have so many of these because they want to fill all this time on ESPN Plus that they're having crappy cards that people don't care about. Yeah, and I think it's a mistake. I know that they don't, but uh, these fights like you're talking about in Singapore at 8 in the morning, I mean, that's worse than watching um, the NBA preseason games in China. I mean, who's going to watch that at 8 in the morning? People can't even function at 8 in the morning. You know what I mean? Most people, 
You know what I mean? On a Saturday. Is that what it is? Saturday at 8 a.m. Are you serious? Who's going to do that? People are still hungover, passed out. I'm going to play basketball, though. Shake out. That's because we're losers who have to work on Friday night. Everyone else going out Friday night is not waking up for that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, they go out and drink all night and, they, and they're hungover. Fair enough. We go uh, to bed and sleep for four hours. Yeah, and still feel like we're hungover without the fun partying. Right, because we get we don't get any sleep, and then we just go and immediately play two hours of basketball. This is true. Are you going to play tomorrow? That is the plan. That's the plan, but no promises. No. Every now and then, I just decide. You know what? I'm not working with the alarm clock today. Sounds like tomorrow's one of those days. No, right now the plan is to get up and do it. I mean, sometimes it's not a conscious effort. Sometimes I just roll over, turn off the alarm, and pass back out before I even know I did it. So they have fury at these fights tonight. I have no idea where that fight this is. This guy's just everywhere all of a sudden between that, between all the wrestling he's getting involved right. in now. Like, is there anywhere we've gone in the last two months that Tyson Fury isn't there? Like, what's going on? Right. I forgot to bring this up to you the other day. Like, I saw this. This guy's seriously, like, going to wrestle somebody? Like, for real? Like, like, what is that about? Isn't he supposed to be getting ready to fight Deontay Wilder in, in early 2020? Yes. Like what? And he's supposed to be healing his cut well, on what his happens? eye. Now, that's going to make him so much money, that fight with Wilder, that rematch fight. It's going to be a huge deal for him. What is he doing screwing around in a wrestling ring? Like, what? How dumb can you be? Isn't that supposed to be when your career is done, then you do that? Yeah. I, like you know, Cain Velasquez? You know, it's weird. Is He's a guy that always... Um, brags about how he doesn't need the money and you know doesn't want the money doesn't fight for the money why is he doing the wrestling then i don't believe Can't him be for fun i don't believe him that he doesn't want the money uh, you know how i am with the athletes and money they all fight for money and they all want money name one ufc guy that uh, isn't complaining about the money they're making how many of them make the big bucks habib mcgregor who else, mate? John Jones. Yeah. And that. then Cormier. He makes big bucks. He makes big bucks, but even he doesn't even he doesn't get as much as Jones and Connor and some of the other, you know, those pretty much just those guys. Everyone else, those guys get, you know, the What do they pay that badass like, Nunez? Isn't she the best chick fighter? She is, but probably not nearly. How much do you think they pay her? I'll look up her last fight earnings. But I'll bet they don't pay her anywhere near, anywhere not, nowhere near a million. No, even like the first time that Cormier and Stipe fought, it was like five hundred grand to seven hundred fifty grand or something like that. It, it, neither of them, were, I think, were making over a million off the you know straight paycheck. So you think they just rip off their fighters? If they can, they will. I think so too. I really do. Uh, Michael in South Carolina, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Scott Farrell, how you doing, man? What's up, Mike? Everything is good. Hey, Scott, for real, um, one, um, big games in the NFL, bro. I was going to ask you, can the Baltimore Ravens have a chance at winning over the Seattle Seahawks? I think they have a, sh- a shot with Lamar Jackson. Anything's possible because he's so talented. Uh, I think the Seahawks, frankly, I mean, they're both, uh, you know, playing great. And, you know, we all know what the Niners are doing. So, you know, they're they're sitting, uh, Seattle's in second, and the Ravens are in first in, in the AFC North. But I think that AFC North's been uh, fairly weak, to be honest with you. So uh, I know Baltimore's good. It's a it's a long road trip. It's tough. It's not going to be easy. I think the difference in the game for me is, is uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I just think he throws the ball way better than uh, Jackson, and I think he's smarter. I just think he makes better decisions on the football field, and I think Seattle will win that game. 
Amanda Nunez in her last fight when she beat Holly Holm won 500 grand, and that included a 200 grand win bonus. So she actually only got 300. Her and Holm both made 300. She has two belts and made the same as the challenger. John Jones actually only made 500 grand for that fight too, but that's probably because of all the trouble he's been in that the UFC probably has him on some sweetheart deal right now. That's unbelievable, the money. But half a million for, you know, two-division champ. How do you pay your champions that that little amount of money, honestly? And that was a pay-per-view card. Because there's only a couple people that matter in that organization, and that's it. Yeah. There's only a couple people that matter. In, in you know, Dana's eyes or whoever's eyes, that's it. Everybody else. And the rest of them are just animals. You're just a name on the card. All right, 855-212-4CBS, Kansas City, et cetera. Everybody on hold. Don't give up. I'm taking your calls. Pick it up, dial and dance. Call the show. Talk about any college or pro game or anything else for that matter. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. I think that Russian just knocked down that uh, Ukrainian or got him into an eight count or something. Oh, he just got nailed with a left. He's down again. Yeah, he knocked him down twice. So now this is the second standing count for him. He's fine, but he's getting his bell rung in this round. He's in big trouble. Your boy from Ukraine, uh, Gvadzik. This guy means business. This Russian is just pounding his head in. With, oh, my God, these shots. I, and I knew that going in, that this guy was a big puncher, and he just beats people. to death. That's a third time. That's it. Fight over. Knocked him down again. He shouldn't have got up the second time. No. There you go. The Russian wins. That's your boy GSP's buddy. He was training him. All right, uh, Zach in Kansas City, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Pharrell, how are you, my friend? Hey, dude. Hey, man. Before I, I got a few uh, college picks I was going to run by you. Before I get into that, um, you guys are uh, talking a little bit about my, my boy, the Gypsy King here. Right. Hey, I go to this argument all the time with my buddies because I say he's the best pound-for-pound boxer. And I'm not I'm, – I'm a fan of the sweet science, and I'm not one of those guys that picks between MMA and boxing. I was raised on, on boxing, Mike Tyson and, and, and the Holyfield, the Lynx Lewis's heavyweights, obviously, is, is where I like to go. Um, but have you, have you seen a boxer with his skill set at that weight and the unorthodox style of fighting recently, they can do what he does. I mean, legitimately. No, I mean, I, I think he's a really good point fighter, and uh, he's definitely a boxer. The guy uh, is really good at, um, you know, dictating a fight and getting, uh, you know, winning in the in the middle of the ring on the ropes in the corners. Uh, getting points, uh, landing shots, working the jab. Uh, he is a—he's just a definitely a pure boxer uh, to the sense of points and everything. He knows how to rack it up and win a fight and get the judges going. I won't deny that. Now, I mean, you know, you're talking about the best pound for pound, and you know, for his size. So, you know, I don't—you know—I think he's definitely a good boxer. Don't get me wrong, but I do not think he's the best pound-for-pound fighter, even at his size. And I and I also, um, you know, don't think he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world at all, of all weights. 
Uh, my, you know, the three that I think are the best in, in terms of boxing right now that I've seen fight uh, multiple times, including him, is, and I've been to several of his fights. So I would say, and I've been to like 80 title fights now, let's face facts. I've been to more fights than anybody. Here's the deal. Uh, I think that my three favorites are Crawford, Spence, and Lomachenko. Those are the three best fighters in the world right now, hands down. And then I would, I, I still think that Wilder is a better fighter than uh, than Fury. I think that Fury, um, for you know, I won't deny that he, like I said, I won't deny his talents. I still think he's um, out of shape. I think he's come back from being 400 pounds and doing cocaine and being depressed and wanting to kill himself. He looks a lot better now, I think, than he did certainly when he first came back. So I think he's making tremendous uh, strides and progress towards being at the right weight and and being in better shape. When I saw him fight Wilder uh, in L.A., Mafia was there with me. I thought the guy had pillows hanging off of him. He looked so bad. But I thought he I thought he fought a great fight. I thought he won the fight. But you cannot take a belt away from a champ that knocks down the guy twice and once in the 12th round with a mammoth shot. My guess is if they fight again, which they are allegedly going to do, if all things work out, early part of 2020 and, you know, like February, I think that uh, Wilder will knock him out for good this time. And, like, I think the first fight was so good. But I don't think the second fight will live up to the first fight. I really don't. I think the first fight was as good as those two will ever give you. But we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think right, – I'll say it a second time. I don't think he'll get up this time from a shot like he, he took in the 12th round of that fight. He went down twice in the fight. The second time, he was out cold. I have no idea to this day how he got up. Uh, he was out cold. And I don't even know how he uh, ended up getting up. And not only did he get up, but he threw hands after that and, and stayed – very active after getting uh, literally knocked out unconscious. And then somehow God woke him up and he, and he sprung up and finished the fight and threw hands. So I thought that was impressive. I'll give you that. He's good. He's very good. I'm not going to deny that. But best pound for pound in the world, I, I don't think so. Uh, too sloppy and too fat and uh, too out of shape for me. I don't, I, I don't like his body, um, you know, going into these fights. He just looks like a giant slob out there. And, yeah. and I have a problem with that. Like, a Wilder looks like a chiseled athlete that's completely no fat on his entire body. And the other guy's got pillows hanging off of him. TV arms, though, is what I call that. TV arms? What does that mean? Wilder. Wilder. Player Fury has so much more heart. And I know that's, a, that's an understatement. And I love Wilder. I, I, was, I was tooting Wilder's horn before any of my other friends. I'm not a hooper, a hauler. I'm kind of the guy that's yeah. in the corner and nerds out with my notebook right. because I love boxing and I try right. to actually score it. I don't think he's um, that great of a fighter. Uh, I, I never said that. I think that um, for me, I, whatever you called it, fighter arm or whatever it is, the TV arms, I, that guy's got ripped muscles. He is a flat-out gangster with a perfect body, chiseled like Adonis. He doesn't have any body fat. He's, like, literally just absolutely ripped out of his mind. But look, I've seen the guy get in trouble multiple times. I've seen him fight live five or six times, and he's been in trouble in, like, every, like, you know, maybe three of the five fights I've been to, he's had problems in the fight. And I find that strange for somebody that's allegedly, you know, so good. Uh, Since we talk so much boxing, I got to go.
I can't I can't just spend 15 minutes with you with all your different, you know, la- layers of questioning that you have for me. So we spent, you know, enough time talking about Fury uh, to, uh, for a lifetime. Randy in Illinois. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, dude. Hey, uh, I just had some questions uh, about the Sunday night matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Right. Um, you know, I know Dallas. I'm a diehard Dallas fan, and uh, I know Dak Prescott's been struggling. But uh, hopefully, you know, he gets his two pass blockers back this week. And uh, he gets Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb back on the offensive side of the ball as well. Um, how do you think this game shakes out? Well, I think uh, Zeke Elliott has to uh, start performing like all that money they gave him. Uh, he needs to do something uh, because ever since they gave him that money, in my opinion, he's doing nothing. And I think he's very important for their success. When he doesn't do anything, they lose. And when he has a big game, they win. It's that simple. Uh, I think everybody puts way too much stock on on Dak Prescott, and, and I think the more important phase of it is their running game. If they get him going, then Dak plays well, and when when Zeke's going, then they don't expect to pass every every down. When they're down in a game, then they have to pass the ball, and they're predictable, and they're I don't believe good at at coming back. I think they're much better when they have the running game going and they're pounding it, and then they play action off at a run. So I need more Zeke if they're going to win that game. And I think both teams have been uh, relatively disappointing at some point or another. Uh, like, you know, I, I thought the Eagles looked terrible in Minneapolis. I mean, like, not only they came back once and made it close, and then they got rubbed out by, like, 20. I, it was embarrassing. I just looked lifeless. And all I ever hear about is Carson Wentz is going to, you know, the greatest quarterback that ever lived. And, I mean, give me a break. He, he's three and three. I mean, give me a break. He consistency. I need to. Russell Wilson buries that guy. Do you understand? He wins every week. This other guy wins once a month, and everybody talks about him being the greatest quarterback that ever lived. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Seriously, give me a break. Foles played better than him, and that's just all there is to it. I keep hearing how he's so fantastic. In fact, today I heard somebody say he's just so much better than uh, Dak Prescott. It's just he's the money quarterback. Carson Wentz. I'm like my ass. Like, doing what? Being injured? Standing on the sideline in Super Bowls? Which one is it? What does he do that's so impressive? Win regular season games that don't matter? Uh, you know, he gets a win in week two or something. What is it? What is he so special for? I want to know what it is. And who gets injured more? He gets injured more. I mean, at least Dak Prescott plays every week, for Christ's sakes. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the number to get on the bench. Don't forget, all of the college and pro picks are up on PharrellOnTheBench.com. Plus the baseball, you'll have game six, possible game seven. Hockey, Saturday, slews of games, at least 11 games. And then uh, you get boxing, MMA, everything, basketball, NBA next week. PharrellOnTheBench.com rules. The site's getting even bigger and better in November. You're going to be blown away. Sign up today. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Hide the money from your wife. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. Saturday night at the Offside Tavern in Lower Manhattan on 14th Street, your boy Carver High is having another one of his hockey parties for the Islander uh, Isle Seat podcast fans. They'll show up, they drink, they mean business, they're having raffles, giving away tickets to games, you name it, charity stuff's involved, breweries involved, clothiers involved. 
Alcoholics everywhere. It's fantastic. Tomorrow night, 5 o'clock? Uh, yes, 5.30. So 5.30, and then the game's at 7? Correct. And they're playing who, Columbus? Columbus. In Columbus. Yes. Should be a good game. Should be. And now, when the game is over, so you figure we got all that going on, and then game will end around 9.40, 9.45. Should only be like the third or fourth thing in the Yankee game. So then we'll... Oh, and then you party and watch that. So yeah. uh, when do you do the show? At 5.30? 5.30 to about 6.30, 6.45. And then, so you have fans on there and everything? Uh, well, it'll, I have B-Comp is coming on with me. Because so B-Comp. I usually do. I'll have a guest or something like that. And then uh, I'll let the fans, you know, the crowd get involved if they want to do that. Right. And then, uh, you know, that usually takes some time. By then, it's almost game time. And then I got the big uh, raffle for the uh, jam cancer thing. So we'll uh, for Anders Lee's charity. So. And what is that cancer charity? Uh, for kids with ca- kids with cancer, Anders Lee's involved in it. It deals with that, and uh, all the money for the uh, raffle that we're doing tomorrow night is all going to go to that. So it's really good. That's great. He's put up his personal seats at the at the game. He's going to do a little meet and greet with whoever wins. He's going to, you know, come and say hi to them after the game. So, good job by Anders. Can't beat that. So, uh, 5.30 tomorrow at Offside Tavern in New York City, 14th Street. And I'm pumped now that there's a little Yankee, that there's a Yankee game afterwards, too. Yeah, you can sit around and watch them lose in six. Yeah, you know, I, I'm... You're buying them in six. You're taking them. You're yeah, betting I, them. I am not buying them to win both games this weekend. I think that them winning three in a row... I I just feel like if they got to Sunday, they're not they're they're gonna get Cole's Cole's gonna be better than he was on Tuesday, and they didn't score on him on Tuesday, so I think that that worries me. But tomorrow, tomorrow night, I think is a game that they can absolutely win. I think they could definitely push this to Sunday, and then it's it's like any game seven in any sport, anything can happen. But they got a stud going, so I think it's gonna be Mafia. Are you buying any of this? Uh, are you buying the uh, Yankees to win in Game Six tomorrow night in Houston? I mean, if you're gonna give them a, a chance in any of these last couple of games, that's gonna be the best one because the mix and match. You don't know who you're gonna get. You don't know what they're gonna have coming in. If you're gonna say Garrett Cole's coming in Game Seven, I'm not giving them any chance. So Game Six is where they have to take it to get to seven, to seven obviously, but. When you're not facing one of the top three guys that they have, that's when you have a little bit of uh, liability on the Astros side of things. I'm watching uh, R.J. Barrett. He looked pretty good tonight. I know the Pelicans beat the Knicks at the Garden, but there were some uh, great moments in that game, some uh, flashy plays and, and you know dynamic dunks and some nice threes and everything. A lot of talent on the floor. Watching Ingram and these guys uh, for the Pelicans and uh, – Barrett for the Knicks, Robinson, the big center. I like him. So I can't wait for the NBA to start next week. I'm fired up. Gary in Cleveland on the fan. What's going on, Farrell? Hey, how you doing, Gary? It's Farrell. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, By the way, Spence is the greatest boxer ever seen, but that's not what I want to talk about. Right. I want to talk about this AFC North. Do you think this Pittsburgh team, even they, they lost to it, this week he's gone for a bit this defense is really good do you think cleveland all this hype they're not that great baltimore is exposed cincinnati don't have a chance do you think pittsburgh could win this division at nine and seven well i think it's going to be uh difficult uh, you know they're down two games already and i think uh 
know, obviously the Ravens have the uh, edge over everybody. Uh, I think that it's interesting that the Steelers have the same record now as the Browns, right? And so uh, anything could happen between those two. Uh, but I think uh, Baltimore's got the you know driver's seat as far as that goes. The Bengals season's over. I mean, it's already over. So I don't. What are they? Zero and six. You cannot come back from that, in my opinion. Uh, they would have to win ten games in a row to make that successful, and that's not happening either. They, they have no, their whole team is decimated by injuries, and they suck to begin with. So it's three teams, and I, you know, I think the Browns are you know the most overrated thing I've ever seen in my life in any sport. I mean, everyone is so stupid. I did I not go on record on this show for months on end in the summer when everybody was handing the Browns the Super Bowl. I mean, it was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen, and it just goes to show you, if you ask me, how stupid the national media really is at the end of the day. A bunch of know-it-alls. Everybody's a genius. Everybody thinks they're a celebrity. Everybody thinks they know everything, and they're so smart, and, and they're just so gifted because they're on TV or radio, and they give people crappy advice. The bottom line is this. Nobody knows anything. And uh, to put the Browns in the Super Bowl, to me, in the offseason was laughable uh, with what they've done. I don't care who they have on their team. I really don't. Like, they have, they have Beckham and, and Landry now, and they don't win, don't they? They have uh, Baker Mayfield now, and they don't win, do they? So they have all this talent that I keep hearing about, all that braggadocious, they're the best team, and all this other nonsense. The Browns are so far from being the best team in the NFL, it's not even funny. So uh, let's get real here. And the Steelers, to me, there's no way they're winning that division, if you ask me. Uh, I will keel over if they win that division because they're playing uh, Devlin Hodges, for Christ's sakes, at quarterback. Now, people say, oh, he did, he did a great job. What did he throw for, 100 yards? Calm down. Uh, they beat a crappy team, and, and, and that's the facts. The Chargers went from heaven to hell in one season, didn't they? They went from being great to being nothing this year. So the Steelers pushing them around was no big deal, if you ask me. And Although I think every game in the NFL, you have no clue who's going to win. Absolutely no clue. People just think everything's so automatic, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Every game's a nightmare. Defense. I think their defense is good. I don't have a problem with their defense. I, I think they blew the Niner game. You get five turnovers, you don't win the game. That really hurt them. But I, I will, you know, I'll agree that their defense is legit. I don't think their defense is as good as, uh, like, the Bills' defense and uh, the Patriots' defense. And, you know, but I think they're up there in terms of the AFC best defensive teams. I'll, I'll give you that. But Carver High, they're not winning the North. How do you, You're two games down already with 10 to go. What are they going to – I mean, I guess it's feasible. But how do you do that with a third-string quarterback? Now, Mason Rudolph's going to come back. How long before he gets his bell rung again? Yeah, I, I think it's tough to say – that they're going to win the division this year. I think that Baltimore is, you know, they're in the position right now. Not only are they two games up on them, but they also beat them straight up already once too. So it's really two and a half when you look at it. And uh, the Ravens just look like right now that they're the better team out of all four of those teams. Oh, uh, do you remember at the end of that game what happened? Oh, uh, uh, they punched the ball out of shoes. Tucker kicked a field goal to win it, and well, then the Juju fumbled. had the ball, and Ju- yeah, and Juju. Uh, Fumble. Got it pumped, you know, punched right out of his hands. I get a lot of that. People punching me. Trying the to Steelers did me. a nice job in that game, too. They, 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 had, they had that, that game. game. They, they blew had that it. Game. But I covered with that game. That's all that matters. 
I don't even care anymore when my team loses. That's how cold-blooded I am when it comes to betting. I only care about who covers. I, I literally only care who covers anymore. I like when, uh, I'll be honest, I like when my hockey team wins, but I, I still don't care. I like when they win, but I, I really don't care about anything except covering. I mean, I'm being as honest as possible here, folks. Jeff in Cleveland on the fan. Yeah, so before the Sean Porter and Earl Spence run, but we spoke, do you think Sean earned any stripes when he fought Earl Spence this time? Do you think that he improved? Oh, I, listen, I've always liked Sean. Sean's a good buddy of ours. We like him. He's cool. I think he's legit. He's a very tough fighter. Uh, he brings it every every fight. I mean, he shows up with his lunch pail. He means business. He does not uh, disappoint. If you go see him, you'll see a lot of hands thrown, and you'll get your money's worth uh, for your ticket price. I like him a lot. Um, he's not as good as as Errol Spence. Uh, but again, you know, I've been down this road before. I, I, have, uh, I have tremendous respect for Errol in the ring. I, I, I think he's literally the second best in my view, pound for pound in the world. But I am very, very disappointed in him, as I said this week on a show, that he's a drunk, a drunk driver. That's it. You, you drink and drive. You're doing 100 miles an hour in a Ferrari. You flip your car 10 times. You get ejected from the car. God somehow looks down on you and allegedly saves your life. And uh, allegedly you don't break any bones. All you have is some chipped teeth and some scratches on your face. I have no idea how that happens. Obviously, there's a higher uh, power. Obviously, God exists. If uh, you can flip your car, get ejected, doing 100 miles an hour in a Ferrari and fly 50 yards through the air and smash your face and roll over 50 times and you get up and walk away, that's insanity. But he was drunk. That's all there is to it. He could have killed himself. He could have killed 10 people. He was driving a missile. Driving 100 miles an hour in a Ferrari because you're, you know, a rich badass. Think you're invincible. Uh, I'm very disappointed in him. I think he's a loser, and I've lost all respect for him. I have, uh, I only have respect for him as a boxer now, and I have zero respect for him as a person. I hope I'm clear when I say that. Everyone in Texas can uh, think clearly. Going to cheer for the drunk driver, huh? Go ahead. You guys have have at it because I'm not rooting for him anymore. I'm done rooting for the guy that could have killed 20 people driving down the street at 3 in the morning hammered. I don't want to hear it. He, he's a drunk driver. That's who he is. I don't like drunk drivers. They make me sick to my stomach, and they keep getting breaks, and all they do is just keep driving drunk and keep getting DUIs and keep getting their lawyer to get them off. And you know Errol Spence is going to get off on that too because he's so loaded. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He's going to do whatever he wants. And uh, his lawyer, by the time they're done, the cop will be the one going to jail. I guarantee it. He'll, they'll, they'll say that the cop made a mistake and that he'll get off scot-free. Nothing will happen to him whatsoever. Nothing will happen to Harold Spence at all, which means uh, you don't learn your lesson at all. When they let you off because you got tons of money and everybody else goes to jail when they drive 100 miles an hour and, and flip a car 20 times, everybody else goes to jail but not Errol Spence. He, you know, he gets to go make $50 million in his next fight. I think that's a gigantic stack of BS. Bullshack diesel. You understand? Makes me sick to my stomach. Every time I think about it, I, I want to puke. I really do. I, you knew he was hammered. You knew that something was up. No one drives 100 miles an hour at 3 in the morning unless they're drunk. Right? You just got to think you're a, a, you know some kind of badass or you're you know the hero or uh, you're Mr. Invincible. Nothing's going to happen to me. Don't you know who I am? 
You know, how about the guy that gets in his car? He knows he's drunk, and he's like, I got this. Get away from me. Give me the keys, Errol. No, I'm driving. Let's go. Get in the car, you wuss. You know, that's what they do. Uh, nothing's going to happen. We're good. Let's go. I've only had 15 drinks. Loser. I don't care what happens to him now. I really don't. I'm not rooting for that dude ever again. I don't care. All these people praying for him. We love you. Oh, we're so worried about you. I'm worried about all the people he could have killed. How lucky is that guy to have not killed himself or others? Who drives 100 miles an hour in a Ferrari, flips it 50 times, and doesn't hit anything? How lucky are you that you didn't flip and kill somebody? I mean, this guy's a tool. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.